This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? What's up, comic fans, and welcome to the latest issue of Comictating, where Sebastian and I tell you what to go read. Uh, this week, we've got a pretty healthy stack. We're going to start with DC, we're going to end with DC, and in the middle, there's going to be a whole bunch of Marvel. A Mighty Marvel Week. A Mighty Marvel Week. True Believers, Excelsior! Uh, yes, there's a lot of new number ones, and we'll continue at the end with the third part of The Button, the latest DC story running through, literally running through Batman and Flash. And in between, there's a lot of new Marvel number ones, Black Bolt, Jean Grey, all new Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know why they'd be releasing that this week. I don't why? know. I guess something's why? coming. Yeah. And the first issue slash second issue of Secret Empire following the zero issue, which shouldn't have been a zero, should have been a one, but whatever. Uh, but we're going to start with something a, a little different. We're going to start with Bane Conquest number one. This is the first of a 12-issue maxi-series. Chuck Dixon's back! It is written by Chuck Dixon, and uh, if you if you go back as far as I do, that's a surprise. He's alive! He's not worked for a major comic book company in, in a while. He was essentially blackballed or blacklisted for, for a while. Um, Chuck Dixon is actually the creator of Bane. Uh, along with, um, oh goodness, who else was writing that story when they wrote the the Night Quest? All of a sudden, I can't remember. But Chuck Dixon is the credited uh, is the credited creator of Bane. He really came up with that character. He drew, he wrote the miniseries that kind of established his origin when they uh, when they used Bane in the third uh, Batman film, third Nolan film. Dixon joked on it, well, sort of joked, and tongue in cheek, not tongue in cheek, that uh, the third film paid for his house. Because he was one of the lucky ones in D.C. who worked under Archie Goodwin and Denny O'Neill and received a favorable contract that uh, gave the creators of new characters in that time and the stories that they wrote with even established characters a little bit of ownership of it. I mean, it wasn't it's not creator ownership like Image right. or Dark Horse or whatever, but um, but they're getting a little bit of a he's getting a little percentage. bit of it. And it's important to note that because in the 75th anniversary gigantic wonderful hardcover of dc that was released a few years ago bane is mentioned and chuck dixon is not at right. any point uh dixon has written more pages of batman and batman related titles than anyone in history he wrote batman and detective for a long time he wrote robin birds of prey uh he wrote um in fact, one of my favorite runs of uh, birds of prey yeah well, really the best run of Birds of yes. Prey. It's hard to find another one that's really matched up to it. Gail did a good job, too. Gail Simone came on after after Dixon, the initial run of Birds of Prey. She did a good job of, of making the title a little bit different. But, yeah, I don't know if anything really connects to that first point. And, of course, uh, Tim Drake's Robin, that, that series yeah. that went over 100 issues. Chuck Dixon wrote most of it. So uh, He's joined by Graham Nolan, who he's worked with on a number of different titles, most likely Batman and Detective, most notably. They are a, a duo... Uh, that has worked together a number of times. They did a book a couple of years ago for IDW called Joe Frankenstein, which yeah. was hilarious. Um, Graham Nolan is a a very solid, that kind of 80s to 90s wheelhouse of good, solid, paneled comics. And it's oh, yeah. great to see him again. Uh, the story, it, it is Bane's story. Uh, Bane is, is he's in Gotham, not his, uh, his Santa Prisa. Uh, but he has that proprietary feel of Gotham as his city, much like Batman does. And the story is, is basically finding out who's running uh, some weapons into uh, military grade weapons into Gotham and where they're going. Um, it's not the most complex of stories and that's good. 
Uh, I love that page, by the way. Yeah, it's a really yeah. You'll you'll get to it. It's like three pages in. Yeah, uh, when he's got the machete, and he's, bad uh, things happen. He's charging just, in yeah. on the uh, on the uh, on the boat. The just, boat captain, yeah. Just oh my god, just going through the boat. It's kind of funny reading it. and I'm like, oh, it's like Cap- this is the beginning of Winter Soldier, but it's Bane with a machete. Um, it's Bane and a lot less uh, glamorous and yeah. uh, delicate. Hardcore. Yeah, this is just uh, just a machine charging through a boat. He's working with a, uh, a gang of villains. Um, all of a sudden, I can't remember what where. We've got zombie. Zombie. Uh, we've got Sergio. The <laughs> we've got Sergio, who is the drone. Yeah, and then Trog. I don't know who that is. Trog, and then it's uh, I think it is Bird, is the guy who uh, yeah. runs the drone. Yeah, it says it says his name is Bird. Um, so there's a very not so subtle dichotomy. A Bane is Batman with a right. team like Batman Batman would do with a Robin with a you know with these other characters that and so he has his team and you know the tactics are a little different but they're kind of doing the same thing trying to find out what's going on with this gun running yeah this 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 gun running weapons running and and, and going through there trying um, to bring military grade weapons into Bane City yep, no sir can't do it can't do it Bane won't allow it uh, the one thing I, I especially like is that Chuck Dixon writes Bane in a very very different way from anyone else and that could I mean that could be said about any writer but his Bane specifically has a very different feel to him more targeted feel uh, a lot of times Bane is sort of just used as like oh he's the blunt instrument he wants to take out Batman very single minded. Well, they've had they've had him in a couple of different places, but much like the Hulk, there's been the Bane that's kind of like very simple minded, right? And there's been the very like loquacious, eloquent, yes. very you know Bane, uh, Tom King's Bane in the, in the recent New Fifty Two story um, uh, after I Am Suicide, uh, or was it I Am Suicide? Uh, his Bane is very you know he's in charge of the prison right. uh, on Santa Prisa. He's basically a, his own government or what have you. But it's a lot of platitudes of right. a lot of different words and stuff and a bigger he's a meaning or whatever. Bane. Yeah, here Bane is he's a leader. He's a he's a protector. Um, it's it's more matter of fact. Yes, but done in a really good way. Again, he's kind of that flip side of Batman that isn't right. too far right. from Batman. Uh, he's so already defeated the Batman and the yeah. challenge is completed so you get a Bane who can focus on other things yeah and tries to protect his city in a different way right than, than Batman does in a more brutal way in, in, in most respects but uh, they're trying to do the same job to a, to a certain degree so I, I was just it was exciting for me to see this when I saw this in the solicits I was really excited to see it I was surprised frankly myself yeah well surprised was, was yeah, another one but excited like, as Chuck well Chuck Dixon's writing a Bane book yeah alright stop it Graham everything. Nolan's drawing it too so I love Graham Nolan's work it really brings back a lot of good memories of of you know the good 90s stuff right it's 12 issues so you're not yeah. going on for much longer than I think the story needs to be yeah Bane is one of those characters that doesn't need his own series but if you do something like this where it's a very targeted storyline in terms of what Bane is trying to accomplish I think it's something that you could do that that can be a little bigger than that but also that's kind of really where you're at and where you're going so Bane Conquest is definitely something don't let it get lost in the the shuffle of rebirth sort of thing it's I know we say that a lot almost every week but that's part of the reason why we do this right trying to find some of those titles that you know you're coming in for the button you're coming in for Justice League you're coming in for Wonder Woman grab Grab something a little bit different yeah grab Bane pick it up I don't think you'll be you'll be disappointed 
We're going to move into our stack of Marvel. We've got four books from Marvel this week as Marvel continues new number ones as they're getting into the summer and the fall. We're going to start with Black Bolt number one uh, with Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward doing uh, the writing and the art, respectively. Uh, I like it. It it wasn't bad. Uh, The one thing I'll say with this is uh, coming out of um, IVX and where the Inhumans were, uh, the Inhumans Prime kind of sets this up in terms of uh, Max, his brother. Is it Maximilian? Maximus? Maximum? Whatever. Uh, He uses an image reducer to switch himself with Black Bolt, and Black Bolt is now in prison. And he's hearing voices, and he's been able to break out of his chains, but he's going through this space prison, I guess? Yeah, it's a bizarre space prison. We get to see Absorbing Man uh, once more. So one of the, actually, we've got our next book up on the list, too. Lots of classic villains showing up. Yeah, it's kind up. of funny, because I read, uh, we'll do Jean Grey in a second. I read Jean Grey first, and this one, I was like, oh, okay. So there's, there's like a theme running through this week. Yeah. Um, classic bad guys showing up again. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really liked it. And what I liked the most, uh, especially about this book, is that if you haven't read either uh, Inhumans versus X-Men or if you haven't read any of the prelude stuff, you can just pick up Black Bolt number one because the story starts very, very simply with him. He's hearing voices and he's planning an escape out of prison. How he got there doesn't necessarily matter at this point, but he's looking for the warden and he wants to get out. And the story works really, really well. There's a lot of internal monologuing going on. We have an omniscient narrator here. Really, really good stuff. I loved the artwork in this book. And that beginning is oh, the so art, yeah. great. The art's great. Just him sitting in the chains, you know, repent for your sins. repent, And he just is slowly working his way out of the prison. Yeah, no, the art's fantastic. In, yeah, beautiful in the artwork. That are there. Uh, Christian Ward does a very dynamic cover, too. Um, yeah. Oh, bolts, yeah. Uh, Lots of good use of negative space. Yeah, it's all black because you know, he has black bolt. And he's got the his headgear, his eyes, and just his face. And you can see the bars through it. You know, and just we've, the we've got a great new nickname for him. Uh, the Absorbing Man calls him Wishbone. Wishbone, yep. Wishbone. That was good. Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of the Inhumans, probably something you, you'll you'll want to check out. Um, Especially with the TV show coming soon. Yes, the TV it show. Is, and it's on ABC, uh, according to the first poster. And I guess they're doing an IMAX Yeah, well, they episode. said that because when they, they canceled the movie, somebody called that. Who was it? Oh, gosh. Who said they weren't going to do the movie? Oh, that was me. That's right. That was me. Uh, when they first announced it, and they gave that long timeline all the way to 2020, and I said, I'm telling you, that and 2019 in humans is going. They're going to drop that. We got Spider-Man, and we're going to make sequels to all these other ones. Who knew? So there's this thing yesterday, like, we're guessing what the three 2020 movies, the Marvel movies that haven't been announced are. Like, they're all going to be sequels. Probably. Like, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. Like, you've got these all new, you know, Homecoming 2 or whatever, Spider-Man 2. You've got all these new characters that you know you're going to have sequels for. Yeah, yeah, of course. They had Ant-Man. They didn't have the sequel scheduled for it. They put the sequel in there, and it bumped everything else again. Yeah. Um, that's what we call a tangent. Uh, so, yeah, Black Bolt, get, you, get yourself primed for get the upcoming yeah, Especially TV for just, series. A, just a good prison breakout story. Is how, too. Is, cool. is how this story is being set up. You don't need to know a lot of the history of the Inhumans or of Black Bolt. It's all just a great, straightforward story with a character, especially if you're coming at this book fresh. Uh, let's continue in the realm of Marvel with single characters getting a new series. I almost said TV series. Uh, a new comic book series with Jean Grey, written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, art by Victor Ibanez, and J. David Ramos doing the color. Uh, this is the young dream, 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 dream
ripped from her time all the way back in the Marvel Now, uh, all new X-Men number one, where Beast brings the, the kids up front to basically shame Cyclops into not being Cyclops anymore or something. To be a better person. Uh, yeah, something along those lines. Look at what you once were. Look at you. Why die? Okay, let's go back now. Guess what? We can't send you back. All of a sudden, time travel doesn't work. Um, keep these characters here. So we have the young Jean Grey in here with her own book. Uh, it opens with kind of telling you what she's struggling with and the fact that she's right. not the Jean Grey that has existed all through this time. The one that became the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, the one who died, the one who came back, and the one who watched her husband uh, end up in a relationship with Emma Frost and then died again. Um, she's the Jean Grey pulled from that time and she's trying to figure this out. Uh, it's a very different character than kind of what you remember. She's in, uh, what is it, Kyoto? Yes, they're yes, in, she's they're in, she's in, in Coyote. And she's there with one of the little Bamps, which I'm glad they kept. Yes. The little yeah. demon Bamps that have been in the in the mansion for a while. Uh, I just love that. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares. They're just walking by and seeing this little demon baby eating yeah. ramen. Pickles. Yeah, pickles. And, uh, of course, in Kyoto, she runs into the Wrecking Crew. For some reason, the Wrecking Crew. Minus Creel, because we know that Crusher Creel is in prison with Black Bolt. in prison in space. This is why Marvel kicked DC's ass in the 60s. It was continuity, 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 continuity. So we get a, you know, we get a skirmish, and Jean, of course, is, is doing the best she can, but there's collateral damage that's there. Uh, she thinks she may have hurt a little girl, uh, and, and so it kind of runs out through there, um... As she comes back out to fight, and uh, we we get something that I don't want to spoil it, but you know it's a Dream Gray, Dream Gray book, so you could probably figure it out, at right? Some point. Especially because she is struggling not only with her past, but she's hearing. I mean, the way she's sort of describing the book, she's hearing these voices from out of nowhere, and it doesn't feel like a telepathy from herself. Yeah. But the implication as is, as you that, said, in terms of like yeah. them dealing with their past, the, the the interesting thing that Bendis did with them is they're all dealing with their future, right? You know, right. Uh, with gene becoming the, the the stalwart gene that chris claremont created um as he normally does with with his female characters of being nigh invulnerable uh she's dealing with that scott's dealing with you know becoming a sort of murderer, a leader and... a leader and a murderer and all that jazz and hank becoming the furry beast robert you know bobby going oh so i still haven't come out guess what i'm gay and the older bobby going i was never gay i don't know what you're talking about yeah, well, you, well, uh, yeah which has been real which has been interesting that the tendencies that bobby drake had he just never allowed himself to admit right, that he was right. gay even to himself it was a weird because i remember when it when it first came out and i said the social commentary there can be there in the terms of how much not that it's easy but easier to be a gay teenager in today's time than it was in the 60s. Right. That Bobby would have always been gay. And as this Bobby was moved from the past, which wouldn't have been the 60s, but at some point in his past, right. Hank brings him to our present. And Bobby's out here going, it's not the worst thing in the world. There are still a lot of challenges. Yes. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to let the world know that I'm gay and you can just deal with it. And I, was it X-Men Gold or one of them that was talking about... The, the older Bobby was talking about how he can't believe the younger Bobby has his S together so much better than he does yeah. already and stuff like that. But um, So in that vein, this book in terms of Jean Grey is Jean trying to deal with her future. She kind of knows where she's going, which that shouldn't exist anymore because she's been taken. So she has yeah. to put time travel, to time travel. Wee! Um, Bizarre time travel. Yeah, we'll get to that with Secret Empire, too, uh, in a way. 
Um, and of course the button. The uh, so the, the Jean Grey book again. It's it's a book that um, deals with a single character. If it's someone you you, you like the X Men, you like Jean Grey, it's it's going to help you. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yes, this is a. I don't want to say a standard first issue in terms of a bad thing, um, but it's it's a big setup. Reminds me of Iron Fist issue. a little bit. The way that Iron yeah, Fist was, yeah. the meat of Iron Fist was in the last three pages. Right. You know, you got to those last three. You're like, okay, I want to go from here. There's some of that here as well, but you can, you have to get through this. Yes. You know, and so you have to get through that piece. You get a a, a good battle. You get some fun quips between her and the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, this is a you great get moment. her uh, her you know um, in terms of that collateral damage type of thing, like her worry, her anxiety through it, the way that she deals with this young woman girl that you know she puts this car through her store or whatever right and how she coaxes her out is is, is very interesting and oh, yeah, using the, the telepathy like oh i guess if somebody projects uh, rainbows and unicorns into your brain that would be pretty frightening and yeah then, they don't they don't do anything so you said you had a line in here that you really liked oh my god yeah the uh one of my favorite moments in the book is just uh, her dealing with the voice that she's hearing and and all of a sudden she's just you know just basically like blackjack to the back of the head and just one of those strange moments, like, okay, that was the big turning point in the book, and I really, really sort of, you know, she's looking for she's looking for one of the Wrecking Crew, they're hiding in a parking garage, but it's a really, really good use of the way that they shift the book from just being about, okay, we're catching some thieves, into the meat in those yeah. last three pages of the story. I thought that was really, really good use of that, just to have that moment of blackout, and then she wakes up to, okay, here's the story. Let's get into it, and I'm really, really excited. And the cover is is really nice too. It kind of reminds me of uh, some of the Grant Morrison covers that they were doing when his oh, yeah. X Men was going on. I can I can see that. I can see that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, there's a movie. It's like something with a raccoon in a tree. It's like Guardians of the Dancing or something. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy releases this Friday, Volume Two. So of course, Marvel in a, a weird bit of synergy has released all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. This follows up the grounded storyline that they've been running through since, since Civil War, where the team has been stuck on Earth. They've all been kind of placed in, in, in uh, separated, um, and everybody hates Peter. But this is a return to space, a return to the, the cosmic hijinks of the team. We have the movie team together. We have uh, Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, Rocket, and Groot. And much like the movie, Groot is a little toddler. Yep. It's amazing how that works. Uh, but we it, it's a heist. It uses a Galactus robot, which is awesome. Um, there's there's a lot going on because you, you've got characters that are not particularly still happy with each other. Uh, even more so than it is in the films and stuff like that. You know, they all blamed Peter for being stuck on Earth, so they'd been separated for a while and there's still a lot of that animosity that's there um they meet with uh, somebody who's going to be in another film jeff goldblum later yeah they, they meet with, with jeff, jeff goldblum. goldblum um so yeah i mean it's 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 basically a heist piece and they've been sent out on, on another mission or whatever or another robbery and it ends with uh something about groot which that was the kind of the turning point for me say so there's more going on than just that straightforward piece. right i like the straightforward piece um, I right. thought the heist was well done. It was clever. Uh, the dialogue was was pretty good. The action was good. Uh, it's written by Jerry Duggan, who's doing who's been doing Deadpool since Marvel now. Yeah, he's uh, the he's perfect a perfect choice. Yeah, he's a solid writer. Aaron Cooter does the art. 
which I love. Aaron Cooter did the run of Action Comics with um, uh, Greg Pak that I really loved. I, I love his art. I think he's great for this. He's got great design work through oh, yeah. here. I love the way that Jeff Goldblum looks. I'm, we're just going to keep calling him Jeff Goldblum. The aliens in it look great. The spaceships look great. There's a nice sense of um, there's a nice sense of space, uh, no pun intended, in, in his backgrounds and, and where he moves through. There's a good ambiance through it. Uh, I really like this. I like this book more than than I thought. I've always I've liked Guardians as a as a comic. Um, I really like the Bendis stuff. If you listen to our our mother show, the Nerdable show, Guardians the movie, I can take or leave. I've only seen it once, so you know I'll go see the second one. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have two weeks of people coming out and going, it's better than Star Wars. It's better than anything that George Lucas has ever done. It's the most amazing space film that's ever existed because it has a cha-cha in it. I love it. It's amazing. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought Sebastian. it was good. No, I thought, I thought it was really good, especially when you're clearly doing the movie, or at yeah. least the movie versions of these characters, but you're trying to reconcile the movie versions and their comic book counterparts. And, and they're not, they not weren't easy. that far off to start yeah. with. And when you read Abnett and Landing's run, kind of the classic run that helped kickstart the idea yeah. of making uh, this in, around the Annihilation way of making that film, um, that's the pretty much the crew that's there with the yes. add-ons. Yeah. But, you know, Drax was part of it for the first time and Gamora was a part of it for, for the first time, stuff like that, um, and put that crew together. It's not far off from what no. you see in no, the film. Not. And then the way that they've evolved as this team, as this, uh, as this fivesome, has gone along with what you would have seen in the film. Right. There's a little bit, you know, there's, there's no Drax has got to kill Ronan, Gamora yeah, is yeah. his daughter or anything like that. Um, those characters are a little bit different in the comics. Drax's entire life is to destroy Thanos. Yeah. And he fails in a certain spot. Um, no, no, I think they've done a good job of, of reconciling both versions of the characters much in the same way when they uh, did Iron Man, all yeah. over again after the 2008 movie, and they used a little bit of extremists here and there in the film and throughout the trilogy. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really successful at merging the two characters. It doesn't happen often, uh, especially at a time when now... We have such a blank slate with them anyway. You do. You know, as, much as, as good as the, the Abnett Landing series was, it wasn't like it burned up a sales chart right. or anything. I mean, right. that, that, that cosmic stuff through Annihilation was great. Right, and everyone um, has to but... remember, even a character like Iron Man, as prominent as he was especially around the time 2008 when the movie was coming out he wasn't a big character anymore he had really... it was big enough well i always said that yeah. the reason they did iron man first was because if they screwed it up they still had captain america right right you know i said they did, you do iron man because if you f it up the whole thing isn't screwed like right you do superman first for the dc verse and you're like that isn't that great a movie oh boy we got to keep it's going lot, with this we got to keep pushing yeah but no um, iron man was put back on the map because of that yeah, it film. became one of the most popular characters yeah. in, because of the film the, the design sends transferred back and forth and even in this because i like you know of course they're doing the baby group thing because of the film but especially once you get to the to the story that's going to continue through here and we're learning more about what's happening to Groot because they, they address it's not it. a throwaway yeah, yeah they address it's not why why Groot is that size in a comic in which they've shown before that Groot it regrows to an adult really quickly yeah, he, in, a, in a matter of hours he'll yeah. be back to normal size um, and something's different but i like that again they're able to do a little bit let's have a little bit of fun with the baby group character but also because this isn't going to last very long let's continue through and finally get some answers yeah they're able to use story. it and give you an interesting story because of synergy and i've never blamed marvel for that synergy it's, and it's, and no, it's not and none of the synergy is marvel films going to joe Quesada and Marvel Publishing and say, you got to do the book that we put right, on the film. Right. 
There's none of that because no. Marvel films could not care less about Marvel publishing. You're talking billions of dollar films versus a million dollar industry, you know, in terms of just that publisher. Um, Quesada has talked openly about this of it just makes sense for them as a publisher right. to have something that resembles what's on the screen, but not throwing everything away. They did the same thing with Avengers when they did Bendis's Avengers Assemble book. It had the five characters that were on the screen. All five of those characters were Avengers. It wasn't like yep. they just went out of their way to like, well, Hulk's never been an Avenger before, but we right. put it in this book because you've right, got to go exactly. buy it. Um, they gave him, uh, uh, they looked at Ben and said, can you do a book that has these five characters in it? He says, yes, they do those five characters. Thanos ended up being the bad guy in it, which is synergy, because Thanos is the bad guy. In the movies. At, and yeah, once you get through the movies. The same thing here. These characters together, it makes sense for them to be... Yeah. The, the, all of them were this guardians the in, in the yeah. Abnett and Lanning stuff, so... Um, no, I like... And they've taken the design sense, too. And somebody like Jerry Dugan, who has a great sensibility for not only being able to do serious storytelling, but has a great sense of humor... Especially yeah. when you read his Deadpool run, he's the perfect choice if you want to bring a little bit of that James Gunn voice to the comic book. And also, I have something that'll rip your heart out if you read the uh, what the Deadpool Good, the Bad, and the Ugly story. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the end of that is heartbreaking. Um, in terms of design sense, though, one of the things they have done is uh, Quill still has his kind of flame Nova Corps thing on his. Yeah, thing. the Nova Corps. They never changed Drax. Drax is still the green and the red. With, so yeah. It doesn't really look like the the character Batista is, and then. Gamora is in a different suit than, uh, than, than even than in the films. In. Yeah, so it's not like they're just throwing everything away to go ahead and do right. exactly what's in the film. Yeah, the big the characters really are recognizable. Is Baby yeah, and they've got a story for that's that, which it, is so. really really interesting. Yeah. So and that's Galactus robot and yeah, Galactus. Oh, beginning was great. It was it was nice and it was well paced in terms of it being very quickly. Uh, the final Marvel book we're going to do is the big Marvel book for the week. Uh, and when I say book, I mean book. This is an encyclopedia. This is, yeah, this is a giant. Like, uh, Secret Empire number one, following on the heels of Secret Empire zero. Uh, it, it's oh, that's, that's a, it's only five dollars. I, I was like, double, how much can this be? It's basically a, a double sized issue. It's definitely double sized. It's got to be like 40, 48 pages or something. It's it was both of us i think when we got to the end of it or at least in the middle of it for you or maybe the end of it for me it kind of looked down and went, oh wow i've been reading this for a while yeah um so it is uh it's 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 heavy nick spencer and steve mckibben uh this is the story that nick spencer has been working on for the last couple of years with cap and we have cap after the events of zero shutting out most of the the powerful avengers like captain marvel and the odin son and i think thor the female thors outside this shield and uh this planetary shield and hydra has spread it seemingly quickly run like take run over, over the world yeah um a doctor strange is exiled as well yeah he's in the the, dark, in the dimension dark dimension in in, in uh the, the the one i say the one jarring thing from the cover zero cover, here right? well the cover to cover yes yeah there's a the hard cover, the cover and, and then, then there's the a regular cover, page cover yeah, yeah, that weird. has the ad in it maybe because they just want the ads but um you get to the end of zero and it's basically just cap going hey this is what the way things are going to be right yeah, now it's the world and here it's like this is the world like yeah. something changed completely where right they're in like a, a hydra town in greensboro yeah, they they they've got, um, but it can't be that big because we still have the Chitari outside the shield that that uh, Captain Marvel and and her group is fighting. But they, you know they're in school and it's a Hydra school and they're chasing people in Vegas 
And it, so that's the only piece that kind of took me. The rounding up in humans is another yeah, big part. The rounding up in humans, basically, again, hey, let's do something without X Men. Um, it's the X Men registration, but it's in humans instead. Uh, Steve and Sharon together, very uh, chilling. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Really. Oh, there's all the other ones. Well, there's even uh, uh, the Rick Jones subplot in this Rick story. Jones. Rick Jones is back. Well, Rick Jones is what starts all of this because Rick yeah. Jones was the one that. Uh, basically was the 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 tipper or the anonymous tipper whatever trying to get the information of pleasant hill out yeah um to get maria hill you know he's like this isn't right and that's where the cube and koblik uh come from that changed steve's past oh yeah no, and I... so the layers in this is that the cube changes steve's past but they've convinced steve that the cube actually changed the world the past to be the world that we know and right. that steve is the anachronism in that world right. and you need to fix it where in reality in true reality the germans win the world war ii hydra helps them happen and the world is a wonderful place because hydra runs it and this is how cap's going to get it back he's going to he's going to finally right the world by having right. hydra ascend it. which is a which is a nice play on it because originally it was just like oh they changed cap history but i do like that nice sort of like no 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 they didn't really change yeah. Cap's history. They changed his belief in the way the world originally ended up. Yeah, it's it's his his pieces is, is yeah. um the and the, again Nick Spencer's Captain America run for the past year or so that that's what it is is this idea yeah. in these flashbacks of the world of the Avengers Steve's, saving yeah. the day is all it's is all, all real. wrong. Yeah, that's but to the, him it's to him all those events happened, but right. he's thinking now that he's been placed in another timeline. Right through through this this thing in order to do this so it it is a complex piece it's something that marvel does do well um the characters are 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 given to you uh the new helicarriers the the, the, the tentacle awesome. helicarriers they remind yeah. me of uh, the war machines from war of the worlds yeah. oh yeah um so we see steve you know he's he's the supreme leader of hydra he's with the council zola we Zane. see steve not as super far removed he's not the cackling you know, mm, I'm going to destroy all of you. <laughs> he's someone who's trying to run the world right. in a way. He thinks the world went wrong and he's trying to fix it. Yeah, and it's he's not as brutal as the rest of the council wants him to be, but he can be. Um, this creature that they kill is great. Oh, that's, yeah. Because he walks away and says, Avengers Assemble. That's one of the things that throws you, though. You see the Avengers Assemble, you're like, wait a minute. The Scarlet Witch and the Vision and Deadpool. And Taskmaster. Taskmaster would have been fine with it. But sure. the Odin son, I'm like, all these people would have had to been changed. And Doc Ock Spidey. Yeah. So it's been... Um, it's been an interesting change in the world. Yeah. Especially one that we, we don't exactly know how much time... Yeah. has has been skipped for issue number one between zero and one it's got to be it can't be too long again if you're dealing with carol in space and that team is still alive right because the chitauri were coming you know they say it's another wave but it's like how many more waves are you going right. to get or what have you um so it is it, it promised to be a complex storyline there's a complex lead up to it in terms of what nick spencer put together and it doesn't disappoint in that way the cover promises things to come we've got uh, we've got Old Man Logan and Rocket and Miss Marvel and Johnny Storm and Ironheart and Doc Storm Strange. and everything. Yeah, Doc Strange. So there's a lot of characters that'll Shield. play a part of this. Yeah, Shield on one side, the Chitari on the other. Um, Mark Brooks does the the cover. It's just beautiful cover. Yeah, he's great. His his Carol is gorgeous. Just a, I wish he would do the Carol covers too. Really good. So Secret Empire number one. You've read zero. What zero is really the number one. You got. You don't have to read zero to get to number one, but you should read zero to get to right. number one. 
um, or else you'll probably be even more lost. But that's not a bad thing. I mean, you get get out there. It's not like it's it's available everywhere. Uh, you should be able to find it. Um, but it, it definitely is, and and this will be uh, according to Marvel the last event for almost two years. Uh, so this will be kind of the last hurrah for this sort of thing. It'll reset. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I'll do a little bit of an aside because this week Marvel announced that for sure Steve Rogers is coming back as the all-American hero that you love. Well, yes, and adore. eventually he will be back. Um, and it was funny to have people like, well, you give me the end of the story. And I'm like, one, you should have known that. Two, they did it because so many people are still freaking out over this. Right. Like, it's never going to change. It's never going to come back. It's just like when you kill Peter Parker. Like, it's not going to get rid of Peter Parker. Right. How many times has Jean Grey died? Especially since we have a book talking about it. It's like, look. It's not like, this time we didn't bring her back to life. We just went back in time. time and pulled her and out. And pulled her out. And we gave her a new life, in a way. Um, so it's kind of interesting. We got clone conspiracies. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, so it's okay. It's all right. To see how the the fans reacted to Civil War. this Come sort on. of thing. Yeah, well, just the fans reacted to the when it was first revealed that Cap was you know, an Hydra. agent of HYDRA. Or the leader of Hydra in a way. Um, to now, fans are now upset that they gave away the ending. You know, oh, it's not, no, he's not going to stay a Nazi at the end of this. It'll be okay. Uh, but the fun of these types, when you know how cyclical mainstream big, bo- you know, big company, big two comics would be, the fun is getting there. Yeah. You know, if you have one of the advantages of something like Robert Kirkman's Invincible is because he owns it. It was like somebody dies, they die. I never have to use them again. I'm not right. worried about. A corporate culture of making sure I have a Spider-Man and a Cap title on right. on the the rack every single week. Um, so when you know that it, it is, it's the fun of it is trying is figuring out how they get there and telling an interesting story. You have Stephen Given doing the art, who of course always always delivers. Um, so we got a Darth Vader preview too. Got a nice no, Darth Vader number one. Giuseppe Camicoli doing Vader. Jim Chung's. Oh, I love Jim Chung's. And Charles Soul. Yeah, no, I love Charles Soul. Gonna be good. So that was Vader, uh, but no, it, and, and you know they reset the characters very well in here. McNiven's art is very good, like I said. Um, yeah, Shades of Civil War. I wonder why uh, Steve McNiven drew the original Civil War too. But you know he's he's someone who's you know bona fide superstar. So it's definitely a, a value piece for it. Uh, let's end the show with what we've ended for the last couple of weeks. We have the button part three in Batman number twenty two. When we last left the button. We had Flash and Batman, Barry and Bruce with the cosmic treadmill and showing back up in what they think is the Flashpoint universe. And as it's revealed here, uh, Barry's feels the vibrational frequency and says, no, this is this is our Earth, but it shouldn't be our Earth because I fixed that timeline um, again. More sort of answers. A lot of more a lot questions. Of questions, a lot of questions, but done in a really good way i dug this book a lot especially because now this is really getting into the meat of the story here and the idea is that is you know like yeah just like barry said it's not an alternate universe this was the timeline that i screwed up and i fixed everything so why were we able to come back to this point what does that mean for everything and of course none of this should none of this none of this should exist i've changed history this should all be gone but for some reason we were pulled here they talk a little bit more about the forces that are trying to ruin their lives. We get to see uh, an interesting moment with uh, with Professor Zoom once more that leaves more questions. Yes. Um, yeah, as he says, there's a 
vibrational frequencies here are right. This is not an alternate world or timeline. This is ours. We, we're home. So, you know, wherever they've gone through the cosmic treadmill and come back, they've come back to the right point, but that point is, is, is the wrong point. They get back on the treadmill and then we kind of go from there. Um, again, it's sort of what I thought the story was going to be, which is giving you proto answers to a couple right. of the questions you have from the first one, advancing those questions, but probably not doing uh, too many answers, too many true answers. Uh, I think we're waiting for a certain group of men that watch show up at some point, whether it's next year or even the Who year watches after. Those guys? Who watches those guys? Hey, hey guys. Who's watching them? Um, it's very much a Batman story because uh, it deals with uh, the, the Flashpoint universe in which Thomas is still alive his father and it's a very father-son kind of moment was it williamson that... so it's joshua williamson and tom king joshua williamson's the writer for the uh for the flash series but joshua williamson actually scripts this issue which i thought was kind of odd it's a batman issue um i think this is something that tom mentioned online that uh, he felt josh was much better at the scripting for this issue uh jason Fabok does the pencils and the inks in this Fabok, of course is a veteran of batman um and does batman very well does flash very well too so we've got one more to go flash 22 which is two weeks from today not one week it's been moved back a week so that it finishes correctly i'm hoping um but yeah again it, it's something that i think the button's delivering on its own hype and that people seem to be really enjoying it we haven't seen any downturn from it um it's an exciting piece there's a lot of action in it in, in addition to these clues questions relationships dialogue and, and what have you is filled punching around it and trying to fix a treadmill very quickly and stuff like that so i don't know if there's any more you wanted to say about that no Man i liked 22. it a lot i can't wait uh, i'm sad i have to wait two weeks but you gotta wait two weeks it's okay it's okay it's gonna do it it's gonna do it you got any more of them buttons so that's our dc and marvel stack um there are a couple other books that came out. Guardians has like three different books. Right. They have a mission breakout. A mission breakout based book off the ride, based apparently. on the ride. So if you uh, are intrigued by that at all, there is a comic for it. Yeah, and there's something called Mother Entropy 2 uh, that came out of a one-shot for it. So there's a lot of Gal Guardians of the Galaxy out there. If you're if you're headed out to see the movie, there's a lot of stuff at your local comic shop that will fulfill your need as well. Uh, if they have the Dan Abnett and Mandy Lanning run, if you're, if you're a Guardians fan, if you like the first film, go find the DNA run. Oh, yeah of guardians find it's in two volumes yeah annihilation is a little bit tougher to find because i don't think it's in I print, it's been but yeah it falls the dna stuff the day the dna stuff that was not and the dna stuff is dave dan, dan abnett and andy lanning um, they always called it dna uh was out of print for so long oh, yeah. they finally put that back together it's two big volumes it's really good stuff um what else was this i think eternal number one was this week there's a book called pestilence from black mask couple other things that that are through this week as well so it's it's a pretty big week there's a lot of books that are out there uh flintstones is this week i think it, it's 11 i think 12 is the final issue okay because there's no solicit for 13 that's like oh my heart broke in so many pieces that's the best book yeah because they're getting ready to change society that book is that book is amazing the strangest but just it's good that book is amazing good. it's amazing it's so good yeah definitely it takes the the tone or the 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 mission of the original cartoon series to be a satire of modern life and just ramps it up to 11 of oh, yeah. a satire of modern society and cultural norms and so on and so forth so 
Uh, that should just about wrap it up here on Comictating. Uh, if you enjoy our show, be sure to check out all the rest of the entire Nerdables family of podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, we invite you to join us on Facebook. Let us know what you think there. Facebook backslash Nerdables. And again, we are on, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, give us a listen. Give the rest of the shows in our family the listen. It's comic dating, Nerdables, um, Star Wars Declassified, and the uh, Dead cast. You can go back and relive the back season or past season of Walking Dead because we'll get a new season now. The writer's strike has been averted. It has. Everyone is happy. Um, except maybe the scabs that we're going to work instead or whatever. Uh, but that's it. So for my partner, Sebastian, and the whole Comic Dating crew, we will talk to you again next week. Oh, my God.